0: Do it a little bit different, as far as the main worship service, and uh, I am try to stick to like a 20-minute, 20 20-30-minute 20, message at tops on the on um, the main worship service, and I'm gonna try to. I think um, I think what I uh, am missing out on is just the opportunity to teach, and so some some of my preaching ends up being more kind of thing so I, I'm gonna uh, just change up some things because I know by the time it, we get to our main service we're just exhausted and uh, and so we're just gonna restructure and be considerate of, of you all and uh, how long y- you sit on the pews and just interact and uh, you know just being at church but I'm not doing that because um, well i'm I just uh I, I believe that um, anyways we'll just move forward i'm just I just want to be considerate <clears throat> uh, so I want to teach on this subject it's going to be a two part lesson here um, on overcoming prayerlessness, overcoming prayerlessness and you know, this is something that I believe uh, we hear a lot, and we've taught about it a lot, we've preached about it. You know, it's one of those things that I think um, is something that we can't ever get away from. Now, I'm going to ask a question, and I want you to be honest. How many in here, by the lifting of your hands, have perfected prayer in your life. So, okay, how many people have lived for the Lord their whole life? How many people have lived for the Lord for most of their life? And so, with that being said, can we exhaust prayer if we ourselves aren't at a place where, where it's like, "I got this down." You know, that's just something that we will always wrestle with. We will always need to grow in, and we'll always need to hear it taught and preached to keep us focused. So, so I want to talk about overcoming prayer prayerlessness. And if you do not know by now, today's the day. Prayer is not optional. We can't think of it as being optional. We have to, it has to be uh, something that is a part of us, not a priority, not a priority. Because let's face it, priorities can change. But it has to be part of us. Prayer has to be part of who we are. We are people of prayer or need to be people of prayer. I will be using at some point uh, in, in the next couple lessons uh, some of Raymond Woodward's teachings on, on some things uh, talking about prayer. One thing he said made me realize that the struggle to pray is not isolated to a region Um, but can be found in every single church like we have just openly admitted, you know. He said the pastor's job is not just to pray himself, but to stir up prayer among God's people. Why do you think we have seen a progression uh, of our prayer meetings? It's because we have been persistent in our pursuit of prayer. Because we realize that without prayer, uh, there, there, there won't be any power. Without prayer, we will not make it. Uh, and, and so we have to pray. If we're going to make it, we've got to pray. We've got to learn how to pray. It's not something that we're just like, oh, I've got the Holy Ghost, boom, now I know how to pray. No, i got to, God, teach me. Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to, to wait on you. You know, when we go into a prayer meeting or when we go into our closet, wherever we go, we've got to have the, the, a teachable spirit that says, God, I, I want to linger and let you reveal to me, show me things, God. Show me things that I need to learn uh, to, to grow in my prayer life. Because I, I want to be, be a person of prayer. I don't want to just read stories of, of people through the years and the ages of, of how great a, a prayer warrior they were, uh, and and it's because they they were active in prayer. If we're gonna if we're gonna be prayer warriors, we've got to be willing to be active in learning how to pray. And uh, so there's there's that uh, uh, that progression the darker the night a praying saint will shine bright i believe that no matter how dark it gets on the outside a, a saint's prayer life will be what shines in the midnight hour shines on the job site the 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 title of being a christian on our job sites isn't going to be enough there there has to be a light that shines in that dark place and we often find ourselves the only apostolic voice around how many of you, wherever you go, uh, if, if you work now or retired, that's a different story. But if you work right now, how many know that you're the only apostolic voice around? I work with Christians. I work with, a, 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 you know, a, a Baptist pastor here in Winchester. Um, but if we're going to make a difference in this dark hour, then we, we, have to, we have to get into a place where prayer becomes uh, something that we do uh, every day. And not just in different blocks of time, but to move through our day with a mind of prayer, without seizing, just looking, looking for opportunities. And then when something arises, you just, you just begin to take a few steps away from the situation, and you just, Lord, I need your help, I need your strength. I find myself doing that often especially when, when we're overcome, overtaken with thoughts that are contrary. When we're on the job site, we're overtaken with thoughts, and we just say, Lord, help me. God, I'm going to focus on you. I'm not going to focus on that. We've got to bring those thoughts into captivity and push, and push beyond. Uh, if we want our world to be a better place, we have to be. We have to be the agents of change. We can't just expect the Lord to do all the work and say, Lord, there's a situation right over here. They need you to step in. And he's saying, that's why you're here. That's why you're here, and I, I, I'm going to work through you. you. You get over there. You get over there and do it. You get over there and make yourself available. And so just being aware of, of things when people come to us and with a prayer request perfect opportunity to say well can i pray for you right now because i'm here you're here the needs here i might go home and forget about it i might forget your name i might forget whatever it is but if i can connect with you right now in prayer and just just speak a word of prayer god here i am a living sacrifice teach me thy ways teach me to pray I don't think it's something that we will ever master, but we will be connected to the Master if we pray. We just got to stay connected. Prayer is more than just a little talk with Jesus, which I think sometimes we have that down. Just a little talk with Jesus. It's a place where my will and his will are fused together. And heaven and earth meet. There are many examples in Scripture that will allow us to see the different ways we can connect with God through prayer. I'm gonna I'm gonna make mention of a lot of Scripture here, so uh, we're gonna read some, and I'm just gonna mention some. So if you want to go home and and uh, you know look up these Scriptures or whatever, then you can always refer back to the. Uh, to the, you know, the recording whenever brother Mike gets it on, on the web. Uh, Matthew six and six says, "In secret." It's a place where we pray in secret. So we have a aspect of our life where we're talking to the Lord every day in that secret place, and uh, and if we go to Acts chapter 10, verse 2 and verse 30, the the story of Cornelius, the Bible uh, begins to explain that he was praying with his family. So there's uh, our own personal space of prayer, and then there's family prayer. And I tell you what, that right there is convicting in itself how many times I personally have failed to pray with my family because of whatever, for whatever reason. Just you get selfish, you get sidetracked, distracted, whatever it is. But we would be a whole lot better off if we designated a time where we would come together for just maybe even 15, 20 minutes a day and pray together as a family. It's just something that we don't think of a lot. Matthew chapter eighteen and verse twenty in a group, or or in corporate prayer, we we are we are getting to a place where where our corporate prayer is progressing and we're coming together and praying together as a church body and that's that's vital and important uh, to to the, to our growth and to our our connection to the will of the Lord, um, and if if we we can dissect this a little bit more into parts of prayer, so. Adoration is part of prayer. And you can find an example in Daniel chapter 4, 34 and 35. Confession is part of prayer. 1 John chapter 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession is very much a part of prayer. Prayer. We often say, Lord, forgive me for whatever, blah, A, B, C, D, and we go down the list and say, God, forgive me for these things. And he is faithful to forgive us. S- uh, uh, supplication is a part of prayer. 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 3. Uh, uh, intercession, I talked about that recently, uh, and we've talked about that before. My wife has taught uh, on intercession and, and how in, important um, intercession is. In fact, uh, there is a place in our walk with the Lord that uh, that we we need to be aware of of um, of how God wants to use us as his as his people as intercessors, you know. And I, I'm praying. I, I don't know if I don't know if you feel the same way or if you're making the same uh, prayers, but I, I want to be an intercessor. I, I want to be one who stands in between. I, I want to be a voice for not just my family. I, I don't want it to just be a personal thing that, I, that I'm that i praying and interceding for my family. I want it to be for when I see somebody uh, lost and wounded on the street that something inside of me uh, just, just is in pain and anguish of their condition. And, and not just to say, oh, they made a lot of bad decisions and choices in their life but God let us let us receive a, a, a burden in that moment that would drive us to a place to intercede for them I, I don't know who they are Lord but I know that if I will lift them up if I will stand in where they are then you can open a door for them and rescue their life and that's what I want to I want to be a voice of intercession a voice Uh, In the wilderness crying, uh, let thy kingdom come and thy will be done. I want to be an echo, a selfless vessel that says, God, whatever you want to do, I am here. Let thy will be done through me. Thanksgiving is very much a part of prayer. Uh, Philippians 4 and 6. Be careful for nothing. Nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. Now, this is something that I believe that we all need to uh, repetitively hear: is that be careful for nothing. Don't worry about things. How often do we find ourselves worrying about situations? And it, it, it's it's not something that's ever going to leave us. We're going to always fight that that uh, that. That, that, uh, that urge to pick something up and, and to do it ourselves and to just say, God, I trust you no matter what, no matter what. That ought to be the, that ought to be the place that we go to first. Lord, I'm not going to get all bent out of shape. But with prayer and supplication, and I'm going to thank you while I'm in this situation, I am going to thank you and seek your face and trust you. Listen, we've, I, I, I said this earlier, we've got some things down pat, But there are things that we still refuse to receive. And you know what those things are? We refuse to to take Jesus literally at the words that he spoke. If he said, and we've heard this time and time again for years, being preached and it hasn't been preached and taught enough for us to receive it and 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 do it but he said greater works than me speaking of himself raise the dead heal the sick open blinded eyes deaf ears withered hands restored the things that Jesus did in front of the disciples he told them you are going to do greater things than that And so we've got the doctrine down pat where we believe in one God and we'll preach Acts 2.38 until people get the Holy Ghost. But what we've got to understand is when he said greater works, that's not something that was for that day. It's right now. He said greater works you will do right now in your community, on your job, wherever you go. Greater works, healing, signs, wonders, and miracles, they will follow. And we just have to get behind it and believe it. So God, stretch us to the point where when you say something that I, oh no, Lord, I don't want to rebuttal and say, well, not me, God, not me. No, if he said you're going to do it, guess what? I want to I have enough boldness and trust to do it, to do it. Now, there, there's, there's personal requirements when we talk about prayer. And we talk about what we desire to do for the Lord, there's personal requirements that each one of us have to understand and, and, and apply to our life. And let's look at uh, uh, Psalm 66, verses 18 and 19. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, or truly, God hath heard me, he hath attended to the voice of my prayer. So if I don't regard iniquity, he's going to hear me. But if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I don't do anything about it, my prayers will not be heard. And so we have to make sure in our personal life that, that we desire a purity of heart in our walk. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Clean heart. Pure heart. Believing, like we just talked about, is very much a part of prayer. We've got to believe when we pray. Matthew 21 and 22. And we have to do it all in the name of Jesus. John 14, verses 12 through 14. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. I, I, I went away from you in the, in the physical, but I'm coming back to you in the spirit. And I'm not just going to walk beside you, I'm going to walk in you. Wherever you go, I go with you. Whoever you look at, I look at too. Whatever you reach for, I'm reaching for too. Why? Because I house that spirit. And he's working in our life. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. For if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I will do it. We have to believe that. We have to believe it that when I pray and I don't regard iniquity in my heart that he's going to hear me when I pray. When I kneel down over there in the prayer room and I say, God, there's a pressing need in my life, I want it to be released right there. When I get up and walk away, that my trust is in him and I have released it for him to take care of. And I have removed my hand from it. But another uh, personal requirement is that we have to pray according to his will. 1 John 5 and 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to my will, his will, He heareth us. He will hear us when we pray according to his will. So when we are praying and interceding for for people's redemption, we're praying his will. When we're praying for people to receive healing and deliverance and we're speaking it and prophesying over their life, we're, we're speaking according to his will and his purpose. So we have this confidence that if my motivation and my purpose is to re, is to reconcile, to work in the ministry of reconciliation, it is his will. No matter what it is, no matter what it looks like, no matter how it appears, if it's, if it's to win somebody to the Lord, if it's that somebody's sins would be removed in, in the baptism in the name of Jesus, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost to walk in newness then that is his will according to his will now there's general requirements forgiving spirit we've got to have a forgiving spirit Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14 for if Ye forgive men their trespasses. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So simplicity in our our prayers. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now, I want to I mention something here because we get loud over there. We get loud when we pray. This was not about a prayer meeting and how we uh, uh, came together to pray with that understanding. This was more about making a public a spectacle of prayer. We know when we go into the prayer room that we're going to be fighting, we're going to be praying, we're going to be loud. So it's not about being a spectacle. But when you stand when nobody else is praying or when uh, you're, you're in a, just an atmosphere where where if I stand up and begin to pray out loud that everybody's going to be looking at me. You, you know, look how holy they are. But when we're in a prayer meeting, we're not worried about somebody else. We're focusing on the Lord. We're praying, we're praying uh, that God's will would be done. We're not praying, God, let me seem more important than somebody else. It's not, it's not the, that's not the purpose. That's not the reason. And that's not what this scripture was saying. Humility and repentance. Luke chapter 18, verse 10 through 14. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men... Are extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this guy, as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. Humility and repentance. And the publican standing afar off Would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Isn't that what we do over there in the prayer room? God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner in need of of your grace and mercy. I am in need of you to intervene and to help me, Lord. Teach me to pray. Help me, Lord. I don't have it all figured out. I I don't know everything that there is to know, but I, I, I need you to help me, Lord, and teach me how to pray. Teach me to walk humbly before you. We gotta pray. A general requirement is unity. Matthew 18, 19 and 20. Tenacity, Luke 18, 1 through 8. Intensity, Matt, Matthew uh, 7 and 7. So the, these are things that we uh, have to have in our prayer. We've got to be able to push through some things, to have the tenacity to press, to have the intensity to stay. I'm not moving until, until I connect with the Lord. I'm, I'm not moving until I move beyond my flesh. Help us, help us to, to, uh, to have an increase of, of, of a tenacity to be willing to push beyond that place that takes long to get to sometimes in our prayer. Sometimes it takes us a long time to get beyond just the stuff that's circling around in our minds, to, to be able to get to a place where we, where we feel the Lord, we feel that communion going on, and we, we have reached that place where we have, we have escaped the problems and the cares that have distracted us, and we engage with the Spirit And we begin to to focus on what God desires to do in that moment. That's what we have to do. And we have to have a tenacity that won't let us stop until we move into that place. And a general requirement is we have to have confident expectation. We've got to have this confident expectation that when I do these things, that God is going to show up. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall maybe have them today. There's no maybe in there, but there is a shall. And if, and if I remember correctly, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So if I pray and, and believe, I shall receive what I'm praying for. But we've got to get it made up in our mind, and our confidence has to be in it. If I'm praying His will, and if I'm walking in that direction when I pray and believe, I'm going to receive it. It's going to happen. I'm going to get my miracle. I'm going to. My, my family's going to be saved. Why? Because I'm praying and I. I believe it. I'm believing that God is going to step in. I believe that God is going to make up the difference. I believe that God is going to do it. The problem is believing that He will do it you ask anything it shall be yours what more what more uh, uh, sure of a promise than 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 that if you ask it believe in you are going to receive what you're asking for now don't leave here and start fasting praying for a new house it's got to be his will <laughs> we got. Let's clear. Let's clear it there. Like, well, I could use uh, his will. His will. We have to be unceasing in our prayers. First Thessalonians five seventeen, pray without ceasing. Well, God, I can't just stay at the fellowship hall. No, it's something that, remember what I said earlier, that prayer has to be who we are. And it, it goes wherever we go. And we can, we can pray in the car. You can pray. You can pray. Uh, you can walk into the office if nobody's in. You can pray. You can pray anywhere. You can pray anywhere. And then there we step into this other thing, That happens, answers refused because of. We've talked about it, uh, uh, Psalm 66 and 18. Answers refused because of sin. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Answers uh, refused because of selfishness. James chapter 4 and verse 3. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Doubt. Answers refuse because of doubt. I think, I think more importantly, uh, well, I can't say more importantly, but I think more often is what I'm looking for there. More often we see um, prayers not being answered because of doubt because we just don't believe it's going to happen. It's just not the right time. It's not the right moment, not the right opportunity, as if God is busy, and he's doing something else, and he's focused on somebody else, and and I'll get it whenever you get it to me, Lord. There's that mindset. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith not, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with, uh, with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So these are, these are things, reasons that answers aren't, uh, the prayers aren't answered in our life. Disobedience. Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 9 is one. Uh, in humanity, Proverbs 21 and 13. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. So when we walk past the herding, and we know that we could make a difference. Why? Because we've got the spirit of the living God working in our life. He's working in us, and he's reaching through us. And so we walk past the poor and then expect him to hear us at different uh, avenues that we cross. Say, God, I'm, uh, I'm having it rough right here. And then he brings to your mind, well, what about that person that you walked past? Like, oh. Have you ever had that happen to you? Like where you needed the Lord to do something and then he reminded you of something that you walked past. And we're like, ooh, yeah, I'm sorry, God. But thankful that that's that's grace. Saying, I'll I'll do it and I'll help you, but you gotta acknowledge, you gotta acknowledge when you when you're missing, when you're missing the mark, you've got to acknowledge it and and strive to do better. And watch out for your brother and sister. Watch out for the people that you cross, because I died for them as much as I died for you. And if they're suffering and they're hurting, then and and you walk past him and you have the answer, and you're not concerned about giving it to them you know that's that's the place I think that we uh, we we need to find ourselves uh, concerned now. W- we're not always going to make the difference that we expect, but but we we must be concerned with that with that feeling when we walk past them. That oh my goodness, look at their life, look what they've become. Some people you can you can just read them like a book when you walk past them. You know, uh, just uh, if if they're drug addicts, you can see it. You can see what they've withered. Uh, uh, you know, just. Skin and bones, and just uh, you know, God help us to be aware of humanity and the condition of our our our, our fellow uh, our neighbors and and their and their shape. Pride. We will not get our answers, our prayers answered with pride in our life. Luke chapter eighteen, verse ten through fourteen. I didn't give you that one okay we'll move on and so so here we come to uh, um, and most of these things you are all familiar with most of these scriptures that, that I've covered here uh, and then now we can come to a place where we talk about posture posture for prayer what's the right way to do it how do we you know I think some people wrestle with do, do I pray sitting down? Do I pray standing up? Do I pray laying down? Do I, you know, these things that, what, how do I do once I get in there, you know? Well, uh, Nehemiah 9 and 5 talks about standing. Uh, Ezra 9 and 5 talks about kneeling. 1 uh, Chronicles 17, 16 through 27 in Acts 2 talks about sitting. Uh, Exodus 34 and 8 talks about bowing. 1 uh, Timothy 2 and 8 talks about hands uplifted. So is there a wrong way to pray? You can pray, you can pray pacing, you can pray uh, uh, sitting, you can pray standing, you can pray kneeling, you can lay on your face if you if you know. There is not a wrong way to pray. So don't ever think, well, how do I approach this? <laughs> just do it. <laughs> don't focus on on how it's gonna happen. You just do it. Just do it. Just pray. And so we're going to, um, I'm getting to a place where I'm getting ready close here. Um, let's talk about prayer meetings that happen. So Acts chapter 1 and verse 13 and 14. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon, Zalotes, and uh, uh, Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Prayer meetings uh, in the upper room. We can look at the upper room as a prayer meeting in the Word of God. Uh, It can happen in a house. Acts chapter uh, 12 Verses 5-17, through Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. I want us to look at that for a minute. Peter therefore was kept in prison. He was in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing by the church. The church was praying. There arose an issue, and the church prayed without ceasing him for Peter and 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 we jump to to uh, verse 17 but he beckoning unto them within the hand to hold uh, their peace declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison and he said go show they sell uh, these things unto James and to the uh, the brethren and he departed and went into another place so here they were knocking, so Peter was knocking on the door, and they were astonished at what was happening. But the thing is, is prayer, when you believe, and when you, you, you continue to pray, will produce results. If you can get to a place where you believe what you're praying for. God saved Peter. We're gonna pray for Peter. Our brother Peter's in jail right now. Let's pray for him. Let's just let's have a prayer meeting. And they came together and they didn't just pray five or ten minutes. Say, all right, Lord. They they continued praying until there was a knock. Acts chapter six and verse thirteen. I give you that one. Or sixteen, chapter three, is that what I said? Okay. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside. Everybody say a riverside. Where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. We can pray by the river. We can pray. We can pray in a house. We can pray in the upper room. We can pray at church. We can pray everywhere we go. Acts twenty-one and five. And when he had accomplished those days, we departed and went our way. And uh, uh, they all brought us on our way and and with wives and children till we were out of the city and we kneeled down on the shore and prayed. You can pray at the beach. (laughs) Sounds like a good place to pray. You won't have to worry about how I'm going to do this, right? You're just going to flop in the sand. There is no substitute for prayer. If the first uh, century church prayed and had revival, the church today must do the same thing if we want revival. If we want revival, we have to pray. If we want to see the same things that that, that the apostles that is, as when they walked through the earth and whatever when they prayed and the things shook around them and and things happen when they prayed if that's what we want we've got to pray with an expectation we've got to believe what we're praying when we when we pray for it and we've got to pray God's will we have to make sure that our hands are clean when we pray we've got to make sure that our, our walk with the Lord is is on the right is on the right path and that we we are uh, expecting what we're praying for and so I kind of want to give you a little sneak preview of of the next lesson Uh, this is part of brother Woodward's uh, study and I found it fascinating brother will you put that picture up there okay so I know that's I can't even read that I'm gonna have to walk over here for a minute read that so here's here's what we're going to talk about next time. To become more effective in prayer, we must know our prayer personality. And I'm going to read a little bit to you in case you guys... So there is perfect, peaceful, powerful, and popular. So each one of them have, they have uh, strengths, weaknesses, challenges, and, and references, prayer references. So for the popular, uh, Their personality strength is is enthusiasm. Their personal weakness is impulsive. Uh, Their prayer challenge is that environment must be spontaneous or I can't pray. The prayer references need camaraderie when I pray. So for the peaceful, uh, their personality strength is people skills. Their personality weakness is reluctant. Their prayer challenge is environment must be harmonious or I can't pray. Their prayer references is need concentration when I pray. The perfect personality, uh, their personality strength is accuracy. Their personality weakness is too thorough. Their prayer challenge is environment must be optimal or I can't pray. And their prayer reference is they need a routine when I pray. The powerful personality is uh, initiative. That's the personal personality strength. Their personality weakness is insensitive. Their prayer challenge is environment must be consequential, or I can't pray. Their prayer references need a rational a rationale when I pray. So these are things that I, I believe that while I was saying, you might have even noticed some qualities in your own personality. And we'll talk about that next time, uh, about if we can learn our personality, we can, we can approach prayer in a different way uh, because we know the challenges that we face in our personality because we're all different. We, we, we all can't pray the same way like so-and-so and this and that. We all have different personalities, you know. And so uh, we're going to get into that next time. Uh, why don't we all stand? We'll take a few moments here before the uh, service. Uh, Why don't you greet hands? uh, Greet hands.